electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Salesforce reporting out for the bell, and although the cloud giant has backed off those billion-dollar deals it became known for, investors will be looking to see whether its more recent bets are in AI, and if those are paying off, that's the focus of today's Tech Check with Deirdre Bosa. Hi, Dee. So, Courtney, Mark Benioff's M&A spending spree, as you said, that may have come to an end, but his investments in generative AI, they are ramping up. Over the last decade, let's go back here, Salesforce has grown through big acquisitions. MuleSoft for $6.5 billion in 2018, Tableau for nearly $16 billion just a year later, and Slack, the one that may have broke the camel's back, which Benioff bought at peak tech valuations in 2021 for nearly $28 billion. Now, this all got the attention of activist investors who piled into CRM and called for more of a focus on profitability. Benioff responded with cost cuts, more share buybacks, and even dismantling its M&A committee altogether. So gone now are the big flashy all-out purchases of companies, but Salesforce is still splashing out. This, I'm going to show you, is a list of CRM's AI investments just this year. There are seven names here, and the latest, Hugging Face, was a more than $200 million funding round that doubled the company's valuation and is reportedly more than 100 times Hugging Face's annualized revenue. Salesforce led this round. And Benioff, guys, he actually seems emboldened despite the pressure earlier this year overspending. A journal report that got a lot of attention at the time said Matthew McConaughey was getting paid more than $10 million a year to be Salesforce's creative advisor. But instead of backing off, perhaps thanks to the 60% rise in CRM stock and the hype over AI, Salesforce has doubled down. Benioff's pinned tweet, or X, is a promo. The one that you're watching right now features Matthew McConaughey asking, if AI is the Wild West, who's the new sheriff in town? And guys, I think that Benioff is hoping that investors are going to see that as him. So tonight's numbers, I could give him more room to run and spend, or it could once again bring back some of that pressure on spending. We'll have to see. All right, all right, all right. We'll see if uh, he can be the big sheriff in town. Very interesting stuff, Dee. I mean, what are the expectations, I guess, for the runway for AI? Everybody wants to jump into it. It seems like you got to mention it on your call. The more times you mention it, the more maybe you have a chance for your stock to go up. I mean, what's the forecast for how big of an opportunity this could be for Salesforce? I mean, I had thought we moved into a different phase of this, that the second half of the year so far has been more Investors asking, show me. I don't want to hear about chatbots. I want to see it actually come through in revenue. But you think back to yesterday when Google held its next event all about the cloud and all about its AI tools, and that stock really moved up on that news. They announced pricing for Gmail, and that pushed the stock up where, you know, we don't know what the uptake is yet. So I think that what that shows us is perhaps there is still quite a bit of hype in here that investors are willing to forgive a sales force for spending on AI. If it was spending on something else, guys, I don't know that the activist investors or investors at large would be as pleased, but it just feels like any company has this sort of free pass to spend on generative AI, whether that is the mega cap companies spending on CapEx for, to update their cloud infrastructure or CRM spending on AI startups. I will say, though, that a lot of the talk here is that we could be seeing 
a bubble. What did I say? That company I mentioned, Hugging Force, valued at more than 100 times its annualized revenue. If you're not NVIDIA, I don't know how you get there. Even as investors have poured money into stocks this year, exchange-traded funds are closing at a record pace as some of those more niche funds struggle to attract investors. Deidre Bose and Kate Rooney have been uh, covering this uh, over in the San Francisco Bureau. Let's go out and have them join us now. Hey, guys, take it away. Well, Tyler, niche is really the key word here, right, Kate? Over the last few years, it felt like there was an ETF for everything. And when you're thinking about shorting a company or another ETF, it provided maybe a more straightforward way. But it turns out they weren't all that sustainable. There was, what was there, the Gen Z ETF, the Metaverse ETF, the cannabis-themed ETF, all gone. Completely. ETF for everything. These niche, niche, whatever you want to say, ETFs. It feels like they were chasing some of this momentum And as a result, some of them really got into the top. So if they launched, say, it's a Metaverse ETF, a cannabis ETF, they're so thematic that they tend to launch when there's a lot of buzz around that. And you can see with stock prices, that tends to also coincide with the peak. They had these crypto ETFs, inverse ETFs. One interesting trend, though, rates is a big part of this. So higher rates just make the opportunity cost a lot higher for some of these non-profitable tech companies that we talk about a lot. But the 10-year above 4.25, that hasn't happened since 08. Bond ETFs were a thing back then, but not nearly to the level that they are now. I think there's something like, well, Strategis had some numbers on this. 61 bond ETFs in 08. There's more than 600 now. That is the area. Money market funds, bond ETFs, the boring ETFs that really It's, it's such a reflection of where yeah. we are in the markets. It's that it's no longer sort of the buzzy ones. But I'm looking at the AGG inflows over the last year of, I think, $14 billion. So these are huge. But also, you think about what's been leading the market this year, it's been the mega caps, the Magnificent Seven. So you think you could just put your money into the QQQ versus trying to pick out, I mean, you and I were talking, like, what's even in the Gen Z (laughs) ETF? You look it up and it's Tesla. Okay, a lot of folks want to hold Tesla, but do they want to hold it with Duolingo and some of the other ones that people are, and the fees is another another issue. That's a great point, right. As a Gen Z investor, you might say, well, I can pick my own stocks. Thank you very much. I don't need you to tell me that Duolingo is a Gen Z name. But really interesting, it also speaks to some of the investor psychology out there of wanting to pick single stocks versus having this broad-based ETF. And we also learned earlier in the year that stock picking can be hard. So you see when macro trends shift, I was talking to someone from Piper Sandler about this, you see whether it's talking about the Fed minutes or OPEC, you see when that's going on, that's the big macro conversation, people really flow into just broad-based ETFs. When the market's going up, people kind of feel like they're smart. They want to get into single stock names, and you see that with NVIDIA. The other point uh, that they made was that there's a lot of money going into leverage and derivatives. So they're seeing flows way above 2019 levels Hmm. when it comes to options, futures, derivatives. And it's also a sign of risk that people want to take that risk on. When you look at the sheer numbers, so this year so far, there's been nearly 200 ETF closures. In 2022, it was 142. So we're actually on pace now to see the most number closed, that maybe record that we've ever seen. And it's not, though, that investors want passively managed ETFs. You actually see actively managed ETFs from someone that's becoming bigger on the scene, like a J.P. Morgan Chase. So. It's very nuanced here, but I think the buzzy stuff is no longer sort of as attractive. But, you know, I know one that you've covered closely, meme stocks, right? And there's even an ETF for memes, and it's actually hasn't performed badly this year. It's interesting. Some of the bigger asset managers are just the ones that are able 
to lower fees and have the scale to maybe lose money and use these as a loss leader. And so it speaks to some of the competition among asset managers. But interesting, I mean, meme stocks do really tend to be a barometer for risk, and, and you're seeing that return. But right. for, they want to buy single stocks. Also, zero commissions is a big part of this. We don't talk about a lot that commissions went to zero before the pandemic, and there's also fractional trading. Right. So if you want to pick stocks, you can buy 10 bucks worth of NVIDIA. And five years ago, that just wasn't an Versus option. paying an ETF fee, right, to Kathy Woods and even the ARC? ETF has seen outflows over the last year. Tyler, jump in here. You know, I, I guess I, I have a couple of reactions. Number one, I, on the face of it, nothing seems like a worse idea to me than a Gen <laughs> Z-oriented ETF. I mean, it feels so random. Disagree. I mean, how, how do you do that? And, and I, I guess I'm, then that goes, secondly, to, things are a thing, you know, you guys said that. It's a thing until it stops being a thing. And then when it stops <laughs> being a thing, it's all over, game, set, match, and the, and the whole thing. And, and, the whole thing. And then, and then the third thing is, when does a, an ETF stop being an ETF when it becomes a managed ETF? Isn't it then just a mutual fund, or is it the, is it the ability to price the ETF minute by minute that is the distinction there? You know, Tyler, it's such a good question. And to answer the first part of it, I mean, if money is coming out of the ARK ETF, who wants the short arc ETF, right? It feels like there was this opportunity. We've seen this in so many different financial products, and mm -hmm. it's really a theme of the last few years that you know people who have ETF companies can get a lot of attention by making it. It was never really meant to be sustainable because if someone, you know, the the short e arc ETF closes down, maybe maybe those customers will look at putting their money yeah. in another ETF that's managed by the same company, right, Kate? I but you're right. It's a good question. I mean, in the first place, why? I, why I love what you just said there that that that, that, that some of these companies are, are putting out these ETFs simply to get attention. That, that's that's, that's a great. That before, that's right? the right. kind of investment I get pulled into every time, man. I mean, it's just it's just it's, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Kate, finish it off. I honestly, Tyler, you said it all. By the time it's a thing, it's already a thing, and the value is priced in. So I feel like a lot of these thematic ETFs were just that on steroids. That it's a, a meme ETF, and you're buying at the top. So it's probably a leading indicator that right. you maybe would want to stay away, and it's you kind of miss the boat if it's already a, fun, an fun. AI ETF, though. Maybe that'll have legs. I <laughs> <Yeah>. mean, <laughs> anyhow, we'll fun to talk, guys. Thank you very much. I won't let my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis symptoms define me. Emerge as you. In two clinical studies, Trimphia guselcumab, taken by injection, provided 90% clear skin at 16 weeks in 7 out of 10 adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. In a study, nearly 7 out of 10 patients with 90% clear skin at 16 weeks were still clearer at 5 years. At 1 year and thereafter, patients and healthcare providers knew that Trimphia was being used. This may have increased results. Results may vary. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Trimphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at Tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. Tremphia.